Have you ever wondered what the top insurance agents are doing to grow their book of business exponentially each and every month? I've personally grown my own agency to multiple locations and dozens of agents over the past 20 years, learning from the industry's leading experts and applying what they've taught me to my own agency. And now I've invited these same experts to share their industry leading secrets with you. My name is Jim Schubert and welcome to Agents Growth Academy. Welcome to Agents Growth Academy. I am your headmaster, Jim Schubert. I hope you're ready to grow big or go home. I've got a fantastic guest with me today. Steven Sedlak from Schmally Insurance Agency. He's going to talk to us about how to write a book to generate more income while giving it away? Question mark? <laughs> Not really sure what that's about, but we're going to dig into that. Um, should be pretty interesting. Uh, first, I want to talk about ePay policy. Uh, folks, they are the simplest solution for agencies to collect credit card and ACH payments. We've been using them for years now. Uh, most agencies have zero people in accounting or one, right? That's, that's the typical two numbers, zero or one. And to collect all the agency bill premium, uh, you know, you've got to invoice people. You've got to wait for it to go through snail mail. Checks might get lost. ePay policy simplifies this by allowing you to send a link to an invoice for your clients to go online and type in credit card information or use ACH. Um, they've even got something now called Checkmate that allows you to not ever check, uh, touch checks, paper checks again, uh, through a lockbox system and, and processing that in the background for you. So a lot of good things. If you haven't checked out ePay policy, um, do yourself a favor, go to the show notes for this episode, wherever you're listening to or watching to this and, uh, go to their website and just browse around, see if this is for you. I think it might be. So let's talk about Steven. Steven is a partner at Schmally Insurance Agency. He has a journalism degree from the number one journalism school in the country, Mizzou. What's up? Number, he's got the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Work Comp Control Effect. I've got it right here. We're going to talk about that today. And he once owned a company in college, and they made the cheesiest commercials. Going to talk to you about that in a second for sure. Um, he started a company in college with four college friends uh, called Green Mobile. They did replacement cell phones. That's a pretty useful thing. Uh, they did that for three years, and then he left to go to Enterprise. Uh, they had too many chiefs and not enough Indians, he says. So he stayed at uh, ERAC for a year and then moved to ADP for outside sales, utilized their sales and training to reach President's Club, and he left after a year and joined the company agency. He is uh, currently a partner in the agency, and he helped develop their work comp division, otherwise known as work compology, which we'll talk a little bit about. Steven Sedlak, what's going on, my friend? Not much, Jim. I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about a couple things. Um, Mizzou. So do you guys represent Columbia? I would have thought that you got sucked up into Columbia Insurance going there. You would think, but no, we actually don't. And to be honest, we don't even run up against them that much. You know, being based out of there, you think we would. Now, back, you know, when I first got in this industry 10 years ago or so, I, I probably saw them a lot more, but I couldn't even tell you. I could count on my hand the last time I, you know, how many times I ran up against them in the last five years. It's just, I don't know if maybe they were just too, you know, centralized here in this area that they kind of pulled back on it and tried to grow elsewhere. But man, yeah. I, we just have not, not ran up against them a whole lot. Okay. What? 
I, I just would have assumed that you would have been sucked up into the whole Columbia insurance since they're like literally right on the edge of campus, I think. They are. And, you know, Columbia's got a lot of, uh, you know, the, the city's got a lot of insurance companies that are there. You know, you got Shelter yeah. that's got headquarters there. You used to have a state farm who used to have headquarters there. Um, you have Missouri Employers Mutual, which is a uh, work comp company, which also owns Previsor, which is for all the states surrounding uh, Illinois. So they have a very good insurance, which is kind of weird because there's no nothing to do with insurance at the University of Missouri, but there's so many insurance companies that are based out of that area, you know, so yeah. I, that was, it's an area where I felt like the school kind of lacked, or maybe the, the companies kind of lacked maybe influencing the school to help derive something on the insurance site. Now, if you go to Southwest Missouri state SMS, or I think it's Missouri state now, used to be SMS when I went there, they do have a, a, an insurance and risk management school, but they don't really have any companies that are headquartered out of there. So kind of backwards. As fate, as fate would have it, you still landed in the family insurance agency, which is awesome. Yeah. I knew I was doomed from day one, especially when I said I wanted nothing to do with it. You know, it's oh, dude, you and me both, man. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I knew it. I, I really had no desire. Um, you know, it's, and I think that's just the misconception of of, of our industry to a whole is that yeah. people have that bad connotation with it. Yeah. Um, I think of the Ned Ryersons of the world and, and all this stuff. When in reality. It's it's an incredible industry that if you do it right and you have uh, the correct process and the correct path, you can be extremely successful with it. It's just not you know pushed out there enough to people to understand it. So yeah, I mean, I knew I was doomed. I knew every time I said it, I was I was telling a lie. And I knew I'd end up back here. So here I am now, years after I started an agency, still going strong. Good for you, man. So I want to hear about the cheesy commercials before we <laughs> dig into things. So tell me about that. Forgot I put that in there. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so our company, man, it was called Green Mobile, and it was based out of Columbia, Missouri. We started it in our fraternity house, um, and we ran it just online for the longest time. And it was just Green Mobile, and it was just simply the fact of replacing broken phones at the time. Um, this was pre-iPhone, pre-really big smartphones. You had maybe the Palm Trail. You had the Blackberries that were going, but nothing but what they were now. People are still mainly using the Motorola Razor, any other flip phone, that type of stuff. Yeah. So we kind of catered and tailored towards college kids because, let's be honest, a lot of college kids break their phones, lose their phones nights out. You know, They're going out way more than any you know most people are, and things happen. So, yep. so we did. And we opened, after we graduated, we started a mall kiosk, and then we opened one up in Champaign, Illinois, up at U of I. So we had two locations running along with our, our, um, our online uh, website as well, too. And we, we, did, we had a guy, we called him Green Mobile Man in the commercials, and he would fly around with phones and broken phones. I don't even know if they're still up. I find them every once in a while. I can't remember every time after I find them where they are. But the point was that we knew they were going to be cheesy, but they were going to be memorable. And people were going to remember, and people did. And when I met my wife now, I met her right after I graduated. That was her biggest – she hated, She absolutely hated it. She hated the commercial. <laughs> the guy that was in these commercials because everybody made fun of him, which was the point. Got people talking about him. So. Yeah. They were absolutely the cheesiest commercial around. And um, I tell you, my buddy, Davey Hole at IPFS, we were business partners. And if anybody ever sees him, ask him about it, they'll tell you the same thing. But oh, man, they were fantastic. funny to look back on now. They're funny to look back on. 
Yeah, I wish I had known that when he took us out for drinks uh, a few months ago when we were in. Uh, oh, I, maybe I can find you those, and that's how you can hold them hostage for more drinks next oh, time. Oh, absolutely. Please do. Yeah, we the whiskey was flowing that night, but it would have been nice to have even more. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> nice in one of the commercials, too. It's Yeah, they're, they're funny to look back on. That's phenomenal, man. All right, so um, if this interview were a master class, you said it would be how to write a book and generate more income while giving it away for free. Um, what the heck does that mean? And before we get to that answer, I have to read the title of the book and then read one short passage. He's smiling because I asked him about this beforehand. So the book is called The Work Comp Effect, Seven Steps to Increase Profits Through Your Work Comp Program. Man, that sounds like a sexy title, right? Um, so in the... the uh, the, the credit, he says, to my wife, Casey, and my beautiful daughters, Sloan Marie and Sage Lynn, sorry, I wrote a book you will probably never read. <laughs> yeah. I love I, the I, sense of humor, man. Like I said, you have to, right? Because I know it's a book they're not going to read, and I don't expect them. <laughs> Maybe at some point, my daughters, if they ever get into the industry, they'll, they'll, they'll read it. Um, you know, but it's not a book, you know, it, it's one of those books that for most people will put them to sleep, you know, unless you're in the industry, unless you own a business or yeah. you deal with the workers comp at your company. Um, it is absolutely going to put you to sleep. It's not a long book, which was the intention of it. It, yeah. honestly wasn't. it was to keep it under a hundred pages because who in their right mind wants to read a book, yeah. you know, doesn't deal with interest on a daily basis. That's that long, but I had to give it some substance. I didn't want it to be like 20, 30 pages long. Yeah. Um, might have made the font a little bit larger just to make it look, you know, bigger. Than <laughs> Meteor. <laughs> exactly. Um, That's awesome. Well, so, so tell me how to write a book to generate more income while giving it away for free. Tell us about this concept. Right. So the concept of the book, um, you know, as I said, I was I went to the journalism school at Mizzou. I say it's the best. Some people say Northwestern. There's other ones. Whatever. In my view, it's the best. So I realized quickly that. Um, it, it wasn't for me. Journalism wasn't for me, but I got a, I got a, a lot out of that, you know, getting yeah. that degree on that of, you know, even that helps me in sales now, just even talking to people, how do you approach them, how to get to find the angle you need to find, yada, yada, yada. Um, but with that came with the writing aspect that I've always liked to do. And again, I never thought my first book would be on insurance, but let alone here it is. I uh, never thought it'd become a number one bestseller on Amazon, let alone here it is. Um, but the process of it, the, the concept of it came to me right before COVID. So I started working on it then. And the whole point of it, the conception of is that, you know, and to be honest, there's more than seven steps that we use, but seven is a good number. You don't want to make it too long. And you also got to leave a little bit there for, you know, they can't just use the book and plug it in and use everything that you're giving to them. They have to come right. to you for the other steps that aren't in the right, book. Right. Um, so, right. So the whole purpose of it was, you know, I, I made this book. I can buy them for $2.12 a piece. I mean, it's absolutely nothing. Wow. I mean, I've spent more on other marketing pieces than than that. I mean, almost anything you buy is. I spent more on coffee than that this morning. Right, exactly. So <laughs> I can buy two dollars and twelve cents a piece. I can go to a seminar at an association, get the seminar, give it away. Say there's hundred people there. You know, I got two hundred and some odd dollars in this thing now, and I've given a book to everybody that's there. Now, the purpose of it, you go like we said, it's it's to go to establish credibility that you know. Uh, what you're talking about. You're a master of your art. You've written a book about it. Like we said, anytime you go to any seminar, whether you know the topic, the person or the book, anytime you said that they're a published author, 
credibility automatically comes to them a little bit quicker otherwise. Because, again, they study their craft. They know it. They're invested in it. So that was the purpose of it. So the book, leaving it with them, now there's a QR code in there that they can request information. Now I know they're a little bit more curious. Um, I've had people reach out to me after it, after they've read the book, saying, hey, you know, I I read this. Can you talk to me a little bit more about this? Um, There's never a hard sell when it comes to it. But the book leads most people down that path. Yeah. What does the QR code lead to? QR code leads to some some worksheets out of the book that they can okay. use, you know, and um, utilize. They, I mean, they can utilize them without me. You know, okay, but so it, practical it, tools. So, practical so tools. a couple of questions. I'm curious. Who is the audience for the book? The audience for the book, see, that's the thing. That's just so funny. Like I'll go to insurance conferences and be like, Hey man, can I get your book? I'm like, that was never, I mean, I appreciate it if you want to buy it, but it was never. The for you. Yeah. It was never the intention for other insurance agents. I, I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled to buy it. I appreciate that. Uh, but the intended audience was business owners or somebody in that role that handles, um, you know, the work comp side, because, you know, larger companies, it's somebody in HR, it's the CFO, it's somebody in that C-suite that is going to deal with it. So that's mainly what it is. And ta- you know, tailored for. Yes. Um, now, again, it does fall into the hands in some conferences of people that don't, but you know, they're still hopefully handing it out to somebody back at their office uh, that might use it. And I, I, that has happened. Does it happen every time? Probably not. You know, somebody probably just throws it in the back of their car and it just sits there and finally goes in the dumpster. So be it. You know, yeah. it's a doing business, right? Two dollars and twelve cents down the drain. But you know, the majority of it is just to get it and get in the right hands and start a conversation with people. Um, you know, the other aspect of it, like we were talking about before, is that it's a marketing employee for me. It's something that I'm going to go use as a, as a drop-in if I'm going into business uh, yep. or if I'm talking to somebody on the phone to set up an appointment and say the appointment's two weeks away from, from when we're on the phone. I'm going to send them that book ahead of time. Said, hey, and highlight a couple of the chapters that we might have talked about issues they're having on the phone. Saying, hey, before I come out, take a look at these. This is what I was kind of talking about. So again, uh-huh. to drive value home. Um, and and one of the best stories I've got for it, and I've I've said it before, I've said it a few times, so some people might've heard this story is, but, uh, Bigfoot monster trucks, they're based out of St. Louis here. You know, they kind of started the whole monster truck, hot wheels, um, snake, all those big monster trucks. They kind of started it and they're based out of St. Louis here and they've been with their agent for 40 years. Um, I I noticed they had a high mod. I reached out to them. They're a little cautious and this was all during COVID. Um, so they're even more cautious. So she goes, let's set up a phone, uh, a zoom meeting. So we did that. And we talked for about an hour. She goes, I think you need to come out. Let's sit down face to face and talk. So I did that. I sent her a book. By the time I got there, she had my book out. She had chapters highlighted. <laughs> she takes literally two seconds after work and she hands me her work comp policy and everything says, I need, I just want you to take this all over. I need your help. You know, I mean, awesome. it was the easiest, it was the easiest BOR in my life I've ever gotten. hundred yeah. percent. As my buddy, Tommy Breedlove would say, that's a hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yes. (laughs) That's awesome, man. That's fantastic. Where did you get the idea for this? You know, it came, it came over time, really. You know, if I'm going to an insurance conference or if I'm going to some other industry conference and they have speakers or, um, you know, one-offs of people giving a seminar, again, there's so many people in there, whether it be a white paper that they have published or an article they have published or a book they have published, they're all pushing it out there. They're all yeah. pushing it. Um, 
So the journalist side of me just said, hey, it's not that hard. It's just a matter of finding the time. And that's the thing. I tell people, how hard? I go, it wasn't hard at all. It's just finding the time to do it. And my kids go to bed before eight about every night. I got two, my oldest is six. My youngest is four. They go to bed about eight. Yeah. Hey, we're out of the day. They're in the independent stage. So they're, you know, they're grown. They're doing better. But they go to bed. That's my time, right? That is my time. I get more done at home that time than when I'm in the office just because I don't have a lot of you know people popping in, which it's just things you got to deal with when you're in the office. It's fine. Sure. Um, but that's my time. My wife kind of goes and she stays home with the kids. So she's ready to just kind of zonk out and just zone out for a little bit. Yeah. And so I go up in my attic and uh, I got in my office up there and I got a couch and a TV and I just kind of sit there most nights and we'll do some work. And I go, I'm doing this anyway. You know, I'm yeah. doing work anyway. Some of it's just busy work I don't need to be doing. So why don't I just start typing up a book? And it took me about a month and a half, really, to kind of finish the actual process of it, to get it to how I wanted it. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, it's simple. I told people, I just wrote out a roadmap of what chapters I wanted it to be and what I knew what to talk about in those chapters. So then yeah. I just kind of put it all together how I needed to. I did self-publishing. I had somebody generate the cover for me off of Fiverr. Um, oh, really? I mean, yeah. it looks really professional. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think I paid $20 to awesome. have somebody do that. You know, it was worth every penny of it. That's awesome. So I just did it self-publishing that way and put it on Amazon. And then, um, you know, the rest was – the point of putting it on Amazon was just that it was on Amazon, to be honest yeah. with you. you know, just to, and have I you had put any sales on, from there? I have. I, I Way more than I ever thought. I'll tell you that much. Really? Way um, And, and I mean, how do those come? Because if you're handing them out, how are people – are people just searching for it and finding it? You do have some. Um, I've been to a few insurance conferences where it's I've talked about it, and so kind okay. of I guess some mystique comes from it that way. Um, and, and then David Brothers talks about it a lot too. So I got some from him. You know, talking okay. about his gas a few times as well too. The corona um, effect. He, oh, hundred percent, right? <laughs> um, but then also at the bottom of my uh, my email on my signature for a while, I used to have click here to get to buy the book, right? Yeah. Now I've got to change it up because I'm more interested in capturing some of these people's, um, you know, attention and their email addresses that I know are buying the book or wanting the book to read it free as opposed to maybe pushing it to my clients to buy it. I don't, that's not the purpose. So it was more, yeah. now I'm driving to get free copies of it. Uh, but I did have it on the bottom there that showed you could buy it. And yeah. now I can switch it up and I have, uh, we had something that showed it was the number one bestseller on Amazon at the bottom. They click it. So it shows, brings the credibility that, Hey, it was the number one seller on Amazon. And so, yeah, so there's not a lot of books going out on a monthly basis under insurance in Amazon. So yeah. it did not take much to get it up to the top of the list there. And once it's there, it's there. You know, once it hits it, it hits it. Doesn't matter how long it stays there. You can stay there for two, three hours, but it, it, it hit it. So it hit um, and that's all you need. And I, and I saw on your LinkedIn profile, that it's there prominently in, in your banner and your header. And that's uh, very, very smart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I push it in every avenue that I can just to, yeah. just to bring the, the value of it and, and push it on, not push it on to people, but push it out to people. One of my favorite chapter titles, and by the way, this is very easy to read. Um, oh, I, I, I put myself in the position of not an insurance agent or agency owner. And I was thinking like, if I'm, you know, a small business owner or, or mid-sized business owner. And I'm looking through this thinking, how does this apply to me? What, you know, why should I care? Pretty easy to, pretty easy to read and pretty, you know, like transformational. I could see you, you, you use a lot of stats and numbers and charts and things to explain how things work and how people can 
reduce their work comp well, you, premium. You make everything in this industry harder than it should be, right? I yeah, mean, no it, doubt. <laughs> harder than it should be. There's reasons for that. I understand. There's a lot. It's a, it's a contract, right? So there's a lot of legal jargon in there. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes in our own dwelling with customers and talking with them is that we're so used to the same lingo that we use with inside of our offices that we forget that they don't understand that lingo or how things work. And if yeah. you can just make it as simple as possible for people and they can follow along and you yeah. explain to them of how things happen and why you should do it that way, they're more apt and they're more understanding and they, things kind of click with them a little bit more. Yeah, it, it's a brilliant concept. One of my favorite chapter titles is don't hire a claim. <laughs> it makes so much sense. I mean, of course, being insurance, like I already knew what that meant, but it was like, that's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's how we talk with our clients in general. Anyway, yeah. Don't hire a claim. Or instead of saying uh, uh, a return to work program, we call it the recover at work program because it's already yeah. that you're going to return to work. We're going to help you recover though at work. Yeah. Um, so little things of how you twist, maybe it's some wording can go a different perception, a different way of how people perceive it and understand it. It's almost like you've got a degree in journalism. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic, man. Um, so I, I'm, I'm super curious about like how, if you don't mind sharing, or even if you have just a rough number, how much premium do you think you have written as a direct result of this book, even if you ballpark it? So we released the book, is that 21? Okay. 20, hold on. When did COVID hit? So that hit, yeah, sorry. So I was writing in 2019. Yeah, man, everything's a blur since then. I was going to say, I can look in here and tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. I got one right here too. Uh, I think it was 20. I think it was beginning of 20. Okay. Because last year, yeah, July, man, that's when I bought that one. So it was after COVID hit. So yeah, it was. So it would have been 20 is when it was okay. really So we're coming up on what, two, a little over two years now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you, that whole thing had to, you know, it got released in February of that year. And then all of a sudden March hits and you're not getting seminars, you know, nobody's doing any of those things. Anyway. So my whole concept of that had to change of yeah. what I was doing. I started reverting to, to using it as mailing out to people and all that stuff. Right. Um, and I would do online seminars uh, for things as well, too. And I would just get a list and mail it to people mm. as well. Too. Just to, I had to you know, figure out something that I spent all this time sure. this book on for. Um, so in that time period, man, I'm going to ballpark it and say premium-wise. I mean, we've had some large work comp accounts come through. I'd probably say premium-wise an upwards of 1.5 in premium just from that. 1.5 million in premium from this yeah. book. Yeah. Holy crap. Um, everybody hit your 15 second rewind button. If you're listening to this on podcast, 1.5 million in premium from writing a book about the exciting topic of workers comp and all the glory that comes with it. That is, that is damn impressive, my friend. You know, a lot of those are, I mean, you got to think there are a lot of those are workers comp that are large work comp. So the commissions aren't as, as large other, but a lot of that brings the other pieces with it. Right. Cause yeah. they're one, like we said, that's the one piece that you control 95% of is your work comp policy, yeah. your program, if you will. Um, you, you show them that and then it kind of makes them wonder what else are we missing out with everything else. And I'm also kind of the same mindset as brothers is that, you know, I'm helping you solve your, most troublesome piece. 
Yeah. I don't want to miss that. You know, yeah. that's not for your other agent that you want to keep everything else with isn't doing this. So it's yeah. either you leave it all with him and let your work comp continue to go downward or you see the value of what we're bringing and we handle everything. Yeah. It's brilliant. And, and as Carruthers would say, use those extra two minutes wisely. And, uh, you did in your attic and, uh, it has paid off. That's awesome, yeah. man. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a night owl, right? I'm a night owl and I'm an early <laughs> midnight every night and I'm up before six every day. I just, I'm wired differently. I don't require a lot of sleep. My wife doesn't understand it because she's <laughs> in bed by nine and like still struggling to get up at seven. So I just, I don't know. <laughs> it is water. what it is. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, man, let's get into the rapid fire round and we can follow up with some actionable steps in, in just a minute. Anything else you want to, you want to cover, make sure we get out. Um, let's talk about one piece of technology or software that you can't live without. Oh, I mean, to be honest, as, as bland as this is, would be a CRM. I mean, I, I just to keep everything as organized and all my notes as organized as I do um, and as automated. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I go back to when I first started in here um, in this industry. I moved over from ADP, who had a very well training, very well you know, industry technology wise with Salesforce um, coming in here where it was, uh, here's a phone book, go to the basement and good luck type of stuff. So there was yeah. no technology wise on a sales level. So of course I've developed that and, and worked on that over time. And I just look back at those first couple of months without anything or even how I needed it set up the way I needed it. And yeah. um, you know, like I said, there's, you can do anything in this industry. We have the right processes and if you have your CRM set up and processed properly, it does wonders for you. What uh, do you mind if I ask you which one you use? We're on agency Zoom right now. Okay. Um, I'm pondering. I, I'm always kind of seeing if there's something a little bit better out there. Um, yeah. We did Salesforce for the longest time. Um, we used another one called Contact Science uh, yeah. for a period of time as well too. Um, I think contact science is maybe a little bit more better geared towards newer producers that are literally hitting the phone nonstop, if yeah. you will, or not, you know, prospecting to try to build that book. It's good. It's yeah. a great platform. Um, but I needed it more. Uh, it wasn't as automated as how I, I wanted it. So agency Zoom at least lets you kind of tailor it a little bit more. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Heard a lot of good things about them. Um, what's one book you're reading now or that you've read recently you want to share with folks? Your clients deserve an easier way to pay their insurance premium. ePay Policy is the simplest solution for insurance agents to collect credit card and ACH payments, speed up reconciliation, bind policies faster, and provide an experience customers love with powerful tools that make insurance payments a breeze. With customizable payment pages, a company dashboard, and integration with your AMS or CRM, you'll be in payments heaven. Get paid faster. Visit epaypolicy.com to learn more. Uh, you know, I think I got it here, actually. Um, I got two, I'll say. Yeah. If you don't mind. One is the, the Compound Effect by Darren Harding. Oh, yeah. I've heard I, of that one. I read this one at least once a year. Um, it's just very thought prerogative, prerogative, I guess, does that work? Um, yeah. It makes you just kind of think of just how everything just compounds and just how changing certain things can just really 
make such a big difference. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one, um, this is one that I read a couple of years ago. It still resonates with me. I think a lot. It's called Extreme Ownership huh. uh, by Jocko Willing. And um, I got, I've read that probably four years ago or so. And I still think about it. And it's just really about how, you know, how Navy SEALs and US, um, US Navy SEALs really just take complete ownership of everything. You know, there's no blame being pushed around. It's really taking everything you do, everything that happens somewhere along the line kind of is derived from something you did, right? So yeah. you control everything and take ownership of it before anything else. And once you start doing that and realizing it, you can go a lot farther, right? Because you're realizing that, hey, I'm the one that's controlling this. It's nothing outside. You know, yeah. it's completely driving back for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, those two were just two that have always just kind of stuck with me that I always kind of think about. That's awesome. It's like accountability and integrity all rolled into one extreme. I mean, I guess if I wanted, I could also say this one here too, but I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know that one was my, my eyes closed. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, what's one one piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Write a book earlier. Ah, um, okay. Honestly, um, you know, go down that path, find that niche. You know, work comp is granted it's a coverage, right? But it's yeah. a niche, it's a niche that I utilize along with some of my other industry niches. Um, and I think once I started to tailor on those and the niches and um, focusing on that, and again, that's where the work comp control effect came in was, was knowing that and using that. So yeah, I mean, I guess it'd be a niche, but also using that niche and, and writing a book about it to help improve your credibility. Any ideas to, or plans to write another book or, or any other piece of content that would help you like that? And, you know, I have, I've thought about it. Um, Just since you've had so much success, you know, one yeah, point five is nothing to shake a stick at. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, I, I thought I go, what do I do? How do I make a sequel to this? Right. We're our second book in regards to this. And I don't yeah. really know how yet this book's still being successful with, with, for the purposes that it, that it is of, of, sure. of passing it out and using it. Um, that it's, is it worth my time at this point to sit down and do that when I can still continue to use this book for the tier, you know, the exact purpose of what it was for. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had more people in the insurance industry ask me if I was writing another one. And again, that's when I go back and I go, well, the purpose of it wasn't for other, you know, I'm, I'm not a trainer, right? I'm not, I yeah. train the guys in the office and that's about it. And I help them, but I'm not out there pushing some national training program. So it's not, uh, that's not the purpose. Um, you know, I, I'm flattered when people say they like it and they, they hope I do another one, but, um, I try to stay grounded with it and the fact that what I did it for and why I did it and stick to those reasons. Yeah. Serving its purpose still. That's awesome. Um, Okay. If you had the choice, I see that you it's sweater vest season. I had mine on this morning. It was chilly, uh, even in Atlanta. Um, if you had a choice between a hot bowl of soup or gourmet marshmallows and hot chocolate, what would you choose? Does chili count as a hot bowl of soup? <laughs> say yes. Some people would say then I would absolutely all day this time of year. Now, you asked me a little bit different maybe in the springtime, but – you know, I'm a big chili guy. I, I do a, <laughs> I do a chili dog bar at least one Sunday football of the year. I do chili bar one Sunday of the year and I do a nacho bar that includes chili as well too. <laughs> one Sunday of the year. So for me, chili is a, is a go-to and I always try to make it the spicier, the better. Um, so for me, uh, give me that warm bowl of chili over, over some s'mores and marshmallows any day. 
Awesome. Uh, if, if it wasn't chili and it was like a soup, what would you choose? <sighs> you know, I'm not, I'm not a big soup guy otherwise. Okay. Uh, unless spaghettios and meatballs counts for it. I can't <laughs> Uh, so at that point, you know, I, I would probably take the s'mores and marshmallows because, and here's the reason why is because I don't, I'm not just going to on my own do that. It's not something, it's not what I crave, but yeah. my kids love it. Yeah. And I can go and do something fun with them all day, every day. Awesome. All right. So let's do this. I'm going to send you, cause every guest that comes on, we send them either super marshmallows, whatever they choose. Um, and I'm going to send your kids, not, this is not for you. Yeah. I'm going to send your yeah, kids. Yeah. A package from our friends at Mountain Mallow, and they will get, uh, I think it's like four different flavors of marshmallows. They're all infused okay. with something, and then hot chocolate. So how does oh. that sound? Well, they'll love it. They'll absolutely love it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, they, they can still thank you. And and if folks want to go to mountainmallow.com, you can get 15% off if you use code GROWBIG at checkout. Um, I don't have any other affiliation with that. They're not a sponsor of the show, but I just love giving it out. So, uh, <laughs> awesome. Um, Steven, what's one final piece of advice or actionable step for the audience that you can give them? Uh, you know, I, my thought is always this every day at the end of every day, I'm, and you might be in the same boat as me, right? I, I think I'm always wondering like, What's next? How do I grow? How do I grow? My mind is always running, whether it be with my own personal book or with the agency. It, it yeah. never stops. At the end of the day, I ask myself, what did I do to help grow revenue? Right. That's always my mindset. And there's days, I'll be completely honest, there's days that, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it that I, at the end of the day, I go, man, I did nothing today that helped generate any revenue. You know, there's just things I got tied down with. And I hate those days. I try to focus my morning off and plan my morning around the topics that I know or spend the most amount of time that I know are going to be revenue generating activities. Yeah. And then I try to filter in everything else around that. So that would kind of be my suggestion and my uh, thought process is to start your day thinking about growing revenue is instead opposed to maybe doing that service job. And at the end of the day, pick up the phone and make a phone call. Yeah. I mean, if I try to make at least one, I mean, there's days I don't have time to, to do any prospecting, which sucks. I hate it, but it's just a matter. And I still try to pick up and at least make a couple phone calls. Um, Cause the moment, the moment you get out of that habit, it's less, it's just like a loss, right? The longer it goes, the fire happens and longer it goes without getting business, the harder it is to get back doing it. So as long as you're staying consistent with it, any sort of press, whether it be phone calls, um, you know, working at an association, whatever it be, once you stop doing that on a regular, it's harder to keep doing it. So yeah. just continue doing any, revenue generating things that they, they can. I love it, man. That is absolutely good advice. And especially for, you know, folks who are newer in the industry and trying to figure out how do they make it happen? I mean, obviously, you know, you can sit there and smile and dial for, for dollars all day. Um, but if you, if you take your eye off that, then yeah, it can get tough. Uh, I remember those days myself. It's been a while yeah. since I've written uh, a policy because our agency is at a, at a size that I, I have to manage the you know steer the ship instead of being down in the trenches but um i remember it so it's yeah good it's, it's what keeps the ship moving forward one way or another whether you're doing it personally or, or, or people you're coaching below are doing it and um you know if, if you're at a point where you're not dealing with it on a daily basis help figure out a way to help your other guys do it on a daily basis yeah 
Absolutely. Sound advice, my friend. Stephen, where can people get more of you in their life if they want to uh, learn from you, connect with you? Yeah. Um, I mean, LinkedIn is the one I'm on the most, any social media wise. Um, cool. uh, I've, I've been on uh, some other ones recently, but more just searching for pictures of stuff down in Fort Myers area. Because like I said, before we wrapped on, that's kind of my second home. So just yeah. trying to wrap my head around everything that's going on down there. But otherwise, you'll find me on LinkedIn all the time. And uh, it's Stephen Sedlak, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, last name Sedlak, S-E-D-L-A-K. Um, I got, I don't know, my picture on there with blue and white lines behind me. These days, I think, I don't know, something weird that somebody made for me. But Well, it's pretty you, easy to see. Yeah, this. you'll see that in the, <laughs> in the background. <laughs> you can find that book. Like I said, it wasn't made for agents, but if you're interested in reading it, I, I absolutely appreciate it. But that's on Amazon. You can look at it, just find it under the cover or search in my name. Um, I mean, if anybody wants to email me, they can do that as well, too. Email address is ssedlak at schmalleinsurance.com, S-C-H-M-A-L-E-I-N-S-U-R-A-N-C-E.com. Awesome, man. Hey, brother, thank you for being on the show today. You stick around for me for just a second, but I really appreciate having you on. Absolutely. I, I had a blast. It was a good time. Awesome, man. Everybody else, until next time, grow big or go home. If you like this or any other episodes of Agents Growth Academy podcast, make sure you rate it. And if you want to take ownership over your own growth, Come join us for free over at agentsgrowthacademy.com. 